like wasn't super ready when Wait, you started putting your fingers up. Yeah, I did it, but I was oh, like I'm recording scrambling. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh. that the fingers it wasn't were. our wasn't our cleanest countdown, but we Not got the there. Most we got seamless. there. Uh, so snack attack session is over, and we are ready and raring to go on 1976's Carrie. Oh, and this is the Spooky Succubus cast. I'm Abby. Welcome. I'm Rebecca. And we're tired. We're always tired, though. I'm always That's, tired. Don't you just tune in to hear us complain about how tired we are? I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're not prepared to listen to us complain, like, just, I mean... You got to go somewhere else then. Like, that's all I know how to do is hate. It's like my favorite activity. I'm a hater at heart. Yeah, truly. 100% I'm a hater. Yeah. But I do feel a little more prepared this week than last week because I am fighting back my vacation brain and I'm ready to go. But I did not want to come back. I, I, I still I'm ready to run. I'm ready to move to Louisville, Kentucky. If you live in Louisville, let me know what it's like because it's cheap to live there and we really liked it. You Don't liked make that it? face. How long you live did in you Arizona? Stay there? Yeah, it's only a night. Kentucky. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, maybe that I can't go to places like Kentucky. You know what I mean? Hey, there's a lot of find diversity I- in downtown Louisville. I just don't go outside of Louisville. That's where it's not safe. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. When I drive, when Caesar, just Caesar and I were driving across country both times, there were like definitely states where we're like, let's not stop and get we're gas We're not here. safe here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something like I drove across country a lot when I was a kid, like several times, but my mom's white, you know, so it's yeah. like we had that veil of, but just Caesar and I are the brownest people ever. And we've had, we had multiple run-ins with the cops. On, yeah. We, on Adam and I were talking about it. Like it's so easy for us to just pick up and do this without thinking like we don't have to worry about our safety we don't have to worry if something is a sundown town or used to be a sundown town or whatever like I was just even saying to him like I'm like fat and tatted up and like don't dress conventionally for Ohio and I get like I got like a pretty good amount of looks but I was like Jesus like imagine adding up being a person of color to that like mix like i yeah it wouldn't feel safe at all and it's like definitely a result of our privilege that we were able to do it and i'm very grateful that we are able to move through the world safely and recognize that it's a huge privilege that others don't operate from that position of right one day we'll live in a world where everyone can be safe right i think things will get better when the boomers die for that to happen yeah. The boomers have to die. Sorry, guys. It's not Bye. just them. Unfortunately, it is not just them. I would love so, to live in a world where the people who suck the most are going to die the fastest, but there are plenty of people our age, plenty of younger people who have the same white supremacist. Should we do like values. an anti-racist purge? That's what the socialists want to do, everyone. <laughs> you know our agenda. You know what I mean? I... um. I don't, I'm not going to debate anybody about things that are, like, about racism, like, whether or not... About, like, like you some are, people having basic human rights? No, right, I like, don't that's think it's fucking worth. stupid, and you deserve to live in a hole. I don't know, like, get out. I don't know. So. 
All right, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we'll do a purge, anti-racist purge. You can only murder people with Confederate flags or Blue Lives Matter flags on their cars. They're, mm. they're open season. Or don't tread on me. Or when I was walking to the post office the other day, I saw a brand new flag that didn't say Trump 2020 or Trump 2021. It said, I voted for Trump. And I was like, what's it feel like to be a piece of shit? You know, like, how does uh, that we feel? Saw a- we saw this like some guy had the box air like section the you know the trailer section of an 18 wheeler he put it on the side of the highway and painted trump guns god country no socialism on it i was like i would like you to define socialism my friend right i don't think you know what it is pick it up look at it i am so sad and so confused um about why people are the way that they are um why people want other people to suffer and die under systemic oppression it's confusing yeah i'm also confused by um stephen king and brian de palma but i guess we'll get into it right uh they have a not so cute dynamic uh with the women Mm -hmm. on this set and we'll definitely get into it yeah um, I mean, I absolutely love this movie. I think it's like I do completely engrossing, completely beautiful. But this is not about like women's freedom from patriarchal oppre- repression and oppression. It's like if you try to resist patriarchy, you burn alive. So you, that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you are a self-actualized female presenting person, then you are a monster. So, um and Welcome. I know that we do talk about patriarchy a lot on this podcast, but uh, remember that patriarchy is not divorced from racism and systemic oppression. They're all intersectional best friends. So uh, I think we just have to keep that in mind, even though we ha- end up talking about white people so fucking much. I mean, there's there's nothing but a, just a sea of white people here. You know, there's nothing. It's sad. There were black and brown people in the 70s. Don't tell me there weren't. You know, like, it's not, these are not. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, well, it was a long time ago. Well, you're wrong. Well, I don't think that Stephen King or Brian De Palma are fond of brown and black people. Um, So it tracks. But, I mean, I guess we have to talk about these dum-dums eventually. Dum-dums. And I had to look at John Travolta. Don't make me do that. I don't want to do that. Okay, yeah. I guess, like, when I was you know growing up in the 90s like he was around and i was like he must have been hot when he was young but no he was never hot wrong and he's a weird scientologist and quit it with the hair plugs john it's fine to be bald just be bald god it's okay to be bald um i mean it's okay to i don't know i would say just shave it all off bald because it kind of freaks he, me out he, remember he went bald hair. yeah I he do went totally that. bald for a while and he looked great and then he backtracked and went back to hair plugs and now he looks like uh he has already been under the funeral director's like tools for like at least three days like he looks unwell i mean if you want to get hair plugs that's okay too though i'm not gonna that's true i'm not shading anyone for for getting hair plugs mostly Um, uh, my problem with john travolta is being in a repressive uh abusive cult that's the thing he's in a cult and he seems like not well i don't know um he love he loves his cult i mean yeah he made a whole terrible movie about it i don't some people are just weird that that happened do whatever they want 
I don't know, like make a whole movie about their stupid ideologies and then like, I don't know. Thank God for Leah Remini out there doing the devil's work. You're driving around interviewing former Scientologists. What I want to know is what lives. goes on inside. Right. But Elizabeth Moss, like, what is going That's on? That's why people ask me all the time if I watch The Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, no, it's too weird. Like, Elizabeth Moss is, like, literally in an organization that wants to lead us to this future reality. Like, that's so strange, you It's know? weird. Yeah. I don't, I also don't like, The Handmaid's Tale is a very short book, so, like, what is this show about? I'm what are they confused. doing? It's like, it's like The Walking Dead. Like, how long can it go on? The Walking Dead was such a disappointing show. It was it good still for is. one season. Is it still I thought on? The f- I think it's still going. I thought the first season was good. But yeah. remember, they they totally stole the 28 Days Later yeah. gimmick? <laughs> he like, wakes up in a... This is how we're starting. <laughs> But I mean, that's how the the graphic novel goes too. But I don't, and it's not like twenty eight days later started that like waking up in a coma to a new horrifying reality. But thing. they came but out it's a like direct around zombie. the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But All I right, hot those, dog. There's Robbie's zombies don't run. That's the difference, right? No, zombies don't run. I I wish to never encounter a zombie. Running. I'm looking at. I'm looking for more of like a book of Eli type, uh, apocalypse. Just desert. Blonde some, guy or blonde. Some guy. cannibals. <laughs> Blind guy holding a Bible. That's. I mean, I wish it wasn't a Bible. It would have been a more compelling narrative if it had been like, Ina Garten's <laughs> cookbook or something. <laughs> Anything but the, the Bible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ina Garten is my messiah. You heard it here first. <laughs> she's also problematic, though, too. They're all, everyone's problematic. It's but true. I do like that Ina is just, like, cooking turkeys for her gay husband. And they have, like, a nice symbiotic relationship in the Hamptons, you know. Uh, my mom used to love her. And then something happened. And then she that's why she doesn't like her. Ina Garten's pop- problematic. Is this true? I think she like denied somebody their um, wish foundation thing. The like. I'm going. I'm googling Ina Garten racist. Um, mom, text me. <laughs> Remind me what she did. <laughs> I oh, wait, can't hold remember. Up, hold up. This uh, this mashed article is entitled "The Biggest Scandals to Ever Hit the Food Network." Bum bum bum. <gasps> Yeah, Make-A-Wish Kid was turned down by Ina Garten twice. Honestly, that makes me like her more because I hate kids. Is that bad? I know it was like a sick child. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) That poor kid. That just seems like... She doesn't want to meet the kid. Jeez. I mean, the whole idea of celebrity is really stupid, but like, and I hate celebrities, but... Like, it's a dying kid. Just, like, go cook him a meal and shut up about it. Like, okay, well, Mario Batali is a sexual predator. So let's leave Ina Garten alone and focus on Batali. Um, I agree with anyone who doesn't want to support Ina Garten because she's not willing to help a poor, sick child. So, okay, Paula Deen's also racist. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, God, remember, do you remember Sandra Lee, semi-homemade, when she made the Kwanzaa (laughs) cake? The alcoholic. Oh, my God, she was so great. She made a Kwanzaa cake? 
Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, God. Sorry. Now I'm just skimming uh, and hoping I don't see. Never meet your heroes. You know my king, Guy Fieri, show up. Okay, well, there's the uh, the rumor that Giada De Laurentiis and Bobby Flay have, like, a longstanding affair. She's the one with the, the skinny one with the big head, right? That's her, yeah. Okay. Okay, um, you can start reading. This, <laughs> welcome to the spooky segment. Oh, yeah, no, wait, is- <laughs> stop. Oh, no. Alton Brown makes racist and homophobic remarks. Never meet your heroes. <gasps> oh, really? No. Wow, Alton. Oh, no. And here I'm I just unwell. thought we could learn cooking chemistry from you, but you had to be. Okay, racist. I'll end on this one. At one point, Giada spit out her own cooking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. All right, we're talking we're about doing Carrie. Well. Um, <laughs> um, this is a horror movie podcast. I, don't, I know it doesn't seem like it, but um, anyway, Carrie, 1976. Let's set the scene. We open on high school girls playing a rowdy game of volleyball in PE. We focus in on one awkward girl, Carrie White, who misses a shot uh, causing the team to lose and everyone's mad, which uh, is unrealistic because nobody cares about PE games um, and no one ever has. No. Uh, soft music You know what plays. I used to do for PE? I don't know if like this was a normal thing, but like the fat kids, like the loser kids, like me, both, um, they would be like, just walk around the school for 45 minutes and that's PE. And then you can like what? still get an A. The yeah, there was like a- said that? Yeah, I forget her name, but I didn't like her. Um, so right. we just walked around the school and smoked cigarettes. And, um, that was it. I what? passed PE. Are you proud of me? I'm very proud of you. I only had to take uh, two years of PE, and then junior, senior year, you didn't have to. I think and I had to take three. Yeah, I think I had to take all three years. You, I also didn't have to do it i only had to do it one year because if you were on an athletic team then you didn't have to be in p that's what it was so i didn't have to okay do brag whatever brag. Um, can you believe i wasn't on I, an athletic team <laughs> i don't remember that's why i don't have many memories of pe because i was never really there so sometimes i played soccer because i just like to stand around in the sun and you don't have to wait do if you don't want to <laughs> it was like look at the ball as it rolls by you yeah um so soft music plays um as girls are changing in the locker room lots of boobs and bush right up top uh, nice bush yeah nice bush yeah lots of triangles uh bring Carrie, back the 70s bush y'all right like i mean hair grows you know let it grow if you want it to grow uh, Carrie is alone in the showers taking, it's just a gratuitous bathing scene. It's, she's rubbing her boobs more than it's anyone has long. ever rubbed them. I the almost texted you while I was watching it. Like, do you wash your boobs that way? Cause I'm just like, scrub under. Just the way, <laughs> yeah. Under. It's just like a, a quick of... over the top and then I'm moving on. Like, I don't. I mean, yeah, I have other like nastier areas to wash. Armpits, my boobs are like really the least weird. of my worries. Yeah. For real. I don't know. Yeah, especially because I don't shave my armpits, so I have to, like, really get in there. You got to get all the deodorant off. Um, She starts her period and freaks the fuck out, thinking she's injured. She runs forward with bloody hands, um, asking for help. The other girls push her back in the showers. And three main mean girls, basketball-capped Norma, Chris, and curly-haired Sue, 
start throwing pads and tampons and everyone screaming, plug it up. The teacher, Miss Collins, finally gets up from her desk. It's been a, too long a of a while. Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to stop the girls. She tries to calm Carrie down by slapping her in the face. Um, she loves to slap. She not loves a good slap. slap. Um, Carrie pushes her back as a light bulb bursts over their head. Uh, Miss Collins takes Carrie to the principal's office. Uh, where she sits outside while the two educators talk. The principal sends her home, but refuses to uh, call her by the proper name and keeps calling her Cassie. Um, She, and as Carrie goes to run out of the room, an ashtray falls off the desk. So I read it. Telekinetic. Telekinetic. I read a very disturbing piece of trivia on IMDb about this, um, period scene so sissy spacek asked brian de palma how should i like portray carrie getting her first period and he said do it like you got hit by a truck and then she went to her husband jack fisk who was actually hit by a car as a child and made (gasps) him describe the experience and then used it for the scene yeah it's like the saddest story he was like dreamily gazing at christmas lights on his street and got hit by a car Oh, my God. I know. So tragic. Aww. Also, shout out to Jack Fisk and Sissy Spacek for still going strong. Look at them. Uh, that's so sad. I'm, I'm traumatized by that experience. Also, like. And my apologies to every woman in this movie who was married to either Steven Spielberg or Brian De Palma, which is or more Stephen than King. I'm comfortable with. Sorry. Who did I say? <laughs> Steven Spielberg. I'm sorry to them, too, though. <laughs> Yeah, if you're married to Steven Spielberg, you're entitled to financial compensation. Uh, I might have been saying Steven Spielberg this whole time, to be honest with you. Bum, bum, bum. It's fine. White guys are all the same, right? Bum, bum, bum. I mean, that when was I a think joke. of... Just kidding. When I think of Stephen King, he has a beard and gray hair, and I think that's what Steven Spielberg looks like, too, he has, right? No, he has... He might have a beard. I don't think so. He usually has like longer shoulder length hair and he's got glasses and like a his he has a very square shaped face, but not Somebody's like got muscular a square. For oh, Stephen yeah. King, oh, okay. absolutely not. Now that I'm looking at him, oh he's so scary looking. <laughs> um I'm he would sorry. have been one of his high school bullies. I'm sorry, Amy Irving. Um, who in part gave us this movie because, hold on, can we put a pause on this? I have to let the dog. Mm-hmm. He's Caesar's problem now. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Amy Irving is responsible for this. How? Well, this first came up because, god damn it, I left my phone over there. But um, <laughs> another podcast commented on our Carrie post and said um Stephen King's wife like convinced him not to throw out the the story of Carrie and so he kept working on it um, oh cool yeah and then I, yeah that came up in one of the articles I read too so. hey you read you actually read Stephen King novels right um I have read exactly one and was I it the like shining it. it was the shining yeah. I'm gonna read it too um the movie's better. It's the only time in the world where the movie's better because... Well, um, apparently this movie's better than the book, too. I believe it, yeah. I will um, not be reading this book because of misogyny. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I, like, 
I, I know Stanley Kubrick is also a misogynist and he like not a fan of women yeah um Shelley Duvall's life but like the it's like a beautiful movie and much much better than the book that is like complicated and like overly complicated and, and convoluted um yeah and not scary I I was it's I don't know I don't know he just seems like Stephen King seems like a corporate writer you know he seems like a capitalist like he's just like pumping out shit to make money you know We've just alienated a lot of people in the horror community, but I, I don't, don't care. Know. I read, I read I stuff like that it. too. Like I love Terry Pratchett, who wrote like five hundred uh, novels about like the silliest sci-fi concept ever, and he made so much money off them, and they're awesome, and I like them, and I really like Agatha Christie, who kind of did the same thing. Like I mean, yeah, whatever, Christie, get though, the coin. I don't care. Good. Um. I just think maybe Stephen King isn't for me. You know what I mean? I'm more of a, I don't know. I'll read anything, books. to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> so I won't. I like, you know, I love to abandon a book that I don't like. So I like to read trash, then something good, then something trash, then something good. Yeah. I, I did that. I'm doing that now. I'm I'm reading Anne Rice, which is super problematic. But Ooh, <laughs> I love but it. But I trusted you. That's what I'm reading right now. I'm like halfway through. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm going on my Goodreads right now and lighting it up with like Anne Rice and Stephen King. Want um, to read? Did you start reading The Good Indian? The only Good Indians. Uh, no, I elected to read Hester slash Tess's book instead. Hester Fox. Everyone read her books. Yeah, it's our book club book this month. Uh, but I'm um, going to do the only good Indians after that. Yeah, so that was my high highbrow lowbrow. Um, and then I ordered some books that I have to go pick up from the store. Nice. What'd you order? I ordered some communist um, readings. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, I've never read The Conquest of Bread, so I ordered that, but it's on Actually, back I order. Actually, I haven't either. Uh, how dare good get radicalized comrades okay we right. actually we need to actually talk about let's Carrie. get back to it okay yeah. <laughs> so um something is happening the Ms. ashtray Collins just flew off yeah and carrie in the ashtray um as she walks home a little boy rides around her shouting creepy carrie she glares at him and he falls off his bike Piper Laurie wafts onto our screen as mrs margaret white just with the most brushed out Again. curls not respecting your curl patterns. Sue Snell. <laughs> Sue Snell. Chris Hardison. Harderson. Schnarderson. Uh, I don't know her last name. Piper Laurie as Margaret White. Respect your curl patterns, people. Oh, my God. Their hair just seems, looks so dry. It looked like it needed, like, a lot of help. Sissy Spacek's hair, on the other hand, it's like a curtain. Like, it, it's like it is a hair curtain. Yeah. independent brain um yeah she's not controlling its movements that's yeah definitely, definitely not um so she's piper laurie is at uh, curly sue's house where her mom is watching daytime tv and drinking living the best life um oh my god one of the nurses after i woke up from surgery was like you look like curly sue <laughs> i was like stop i am high madam Oh, yeah, and then you sent me a picture of Curly Sue, and you're like, do you see it? And I did kind of see it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're, yeah, you're, like, with your bangs. But, um, so 
Mrs. Snell invites Mrs. White in. Um, Played and by w- Amy Irving's real life mother. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, cute, right? Um, Mrs. White is there to spread the gospel of Jesus. Um, and Mrs. Snell is like, um, we're fine, but I'll take these and give you $10 so you'll leave. At the White residence, Carrie looks out her attic bedroom window as her mother comes home. Uh, when the phone rings, she calls Carrie downstairs. Carrie timidly asks who called, and Margaret hits her with the Bible saying she's a woman now. Um, she makes Carrie say misogynistic Christian lines such as Eve was weak, um, intercourse was the first sin, etc., Carrie wants to know why her mother didn't tell her about her period, and Margaret continues on her um, religious rampage, um, saying that Carrie's a sinner and has sinful thoughts and claims that she can see inside her. Which is like, does her mom also have psychic abilities? We'll never know. We don't. She probably has them and has them like super repressed. Right. Uh, she then drags Carrie kicking and screaming into a closet and locks her inside while she prays. Carrie lights a candle at the foot of maybe the creepiest crucifix I've ever seen. That which is, is saying actually something. not Jesus. That's St. Sebastian. Okay. Oh, Did the arrows. With the arrows. I didn't know that. Okay. Also, speaking of trivia, listen to this. So they went to like the to set up basically the white household they just went to antique stores and like religious souvenir shops in the area and just picked up stuff and i was like that is my that is the job for me that job was made for me yeah, specifically you could do really well. <laughs> but like specifically for the movie carrie <laughs> <laughs> religious artifacts um it was like the glowing eyes um are very i scary. actually loved it i would put it in my house i'd be afraid to go near it Adam also would not like it, but he would have no recourse. Um, I have this one painting of mine, which is like a decapitated head, and it's like dripping sort of. And my nieces and nephew, when they used to come over and visit one of them, the middle one was really afraid of it. And she used to always ask me to turn it around. I was like, I didn't really even realize it was that creepy because it's really just like a face and like just a little dripping neck, but. It's, like, really weird what scares you when you're a little kid. For example, my mom had this picture of her great aunts that were, like, what you think of when you think of a 1930s spinster auntie. And they were just standing, like, completely stone-faced, like, not smiling in this photo. And when my sister and I would get sent to time out, there were, like, these two blue chairs in the room where we had to go sit in time out, which is where the photo was. And we would come to blows over not sitting in the chair that faced the photo (laughs) and then you just get more in trouble yeah weird i mean my dad used to have like a huge painting of jesus like the typical one that like everyone had you know the one but uh it was like in their bedroom and it was across from the mirror over their dresser so when you walked in their room you could see the painting on the wall and then also see it in the reflection of the mirror. So it was really creepy. And every time we only had two bathrooms. So if someone was in that bathroom, I could go use my parents' bathroom and I would like walk really slowly and then run as fast as I could to get into their bathroom because it freaked me out so bad. That's hilarious. And I had to poop with the door open because I was too afraid I would get locked in their bathroom. (laughs) Weird. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. Our brains are so demented. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's because I'm like full of Satan and I knew it even at a young age. Yeah, you know? if, I was yeah, exactly. He would have burned you, you know, right where you stood, like laser beam eyeballs. The eyes, they follow you wherever they go. Mm-hmm. You go. It's scary. Um, in the attic. Oh, Carrie gets out of the closet and Margaret says she can go to bed. And in the attic, Carrie breaks a mirror. But when Margaret rushes in to check, the mirror is back in place, but it's cracked. Um, and Carrie pretends like nothing happened. In English class, um, a very rude teacher um, calls out Carrie while reading um, a blonde-haired football player, Tommy's poem. He, Tommy like, makes... also not respecting his curl pattern. Uh, he's doing better than most of the, the He ladies. is doing better than most of the other folks, yeah. Um, and then Carrie has been excused from gym for a week, but spies on the class. Miss Collin is pissed she's mad um and she tells all the girls that they did a really shitty thing <clears throat> and asks that um asks them if they ever stop to think about how carrie feels she says that she wanted to suspend them for three days and refuse them prom tickets but was overruled and instead they get a week's detention um where she will subject them to exercise and then we get like a goofy sort of montage of very women. very long montage uh teenage girls boobs bouncing as they are teachers in the 70s like were they just allowed to hit people what was what were they like in the 70s it was um i was like stop slapping children what are you doing slaps galore yeah um chris stops exercising and tells miss collins to shove the remaining detention time up her ass uh miss collins slaps her and then threatens to knock her down chris begs the rest of the class to rebel with her but storms off alone and now she has to miss out on the prom Sue goes to her boyfriend, Tommy, after class and asks him to do her a favor and ask Carrie to the prom. Chris and her boyfriend, John Travolta, cruise around in his car. Uh, He spills a beer on her and she calls him a stupid shit and then he slaps her. There's a lot of slapping um, Mm -hmm. of young girls. Chris gets slapped a lot. I I wonder why. It's because she's a slut. How dare. Um, They pull up to a party and make out, but they're still like spatting and fighting. Chris starts giving John Travolta a blowjob and says she needs him to do something for her and that she hates Carrie White. In the library, Tommy approaches Carrie and after an awkward exchange, asks her to the prom, but she runs off. While alone, Carrie tells Miss Collins that Tommy asked her and Miss Collins tries to cheer her up and points out all of her beautiful traits. Miss Collins pulls Tommy and Sue aside and grills them as to why... Tommy's asking Carrie to the prom. Um, Miss Collins is worried that they're doing it as a prank. Um, Sue says she was just trying to be nice and inclusive, um, but Miss Miss Collins isn't buying it. Um, and that if Sue lets Tommy go to the prom with Carrie, then Sue can't go because he can't go to the prom without a date, which sounds stupid as fuck. Rude, yeah. Um, Miss Collins doesn't want carrie to be hurt anymore um and but sue is insistent um and says that she can't tell her what to do and who can go to the prom with who uh naive little tommy goes to carrie's house and pretty much begs her to go to the prom with her uh at first carrie refuses and is worried that her mom will hear him um she finally relents and agrees John Travolta, Chris, and some annoying dudes break into a pig farm. Freddy! Freddy. Freddy. God, he's the worst. I don't know. They're all pretty bad, but he's so annoying. 
Yeah. Um, John Travolta kills a pig with a sledgehammer. So there's that. I never learned Why his would name. You not I call take him John pig. Travolta the whole time. It's Billy Nolan. Why wouldn't you take the pig to a second location? Like, you just murder the pig in front of all of his friends and all its friends. Yeah, honestly, pigs are smarter than dogs. Pigs are I smarter than that dogs. To me <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I shout when people are like, "Why are you a vegetarian?" Like, pigs are smarter than dogs, and cows have best friends. So that's that's one of the many reasons. Um, but like, why murder a pig? You could just like get. Some like water and some dye and cornstarch, yeah, whatever. Same effect. I don't know, but they're evil children. So they're evil baby children. Yeah, and um, John Travolta is abusive. Just to confirm. <laughs> just to confirm. Uh, while enjoying apple cake, Carrie tells Marg about prom and expresses her want to be normal and tells her that Tommy is a nice boy. Margaret throws her drink in Carrie's face and refuses. Uh, Carrie closes all the windows because it's raining outside with her telekinetic powers. Um, Margaret calls her a witch and says that Satan is clever. But Carrie says that other people have the same powers as her um, and she's going to go to the prom and there's nothing that she can do about it. John Travolta and Chris are rigging a bucket of pig's blood up to the gymnasium like rafters in the dead of night. Uh, one of the annoying dude dude friends, Freddie, uh, stops a prom committee person. I don't know if he's a teacher or a student. Ernest. I couldn't tell. I, he's earnest. Like, he's just earnest. But I don't know if he's – does he work there? Is he just a student? We don't know. He he's could earnest. be either. He's It's <laughs> ambiguous. Um, he says he wants to volunteer to count the votes um, for prom king and queen. Sue tells another student, while they're both on the scariest ladder I've ever seen – um, they're hanging decorations yeah, for the prom. Yeah, who is chatting on that ladder? Get off the ladder before you it's, have the chat. It's like a huge ladder that has two, like, inclines to go up both sides. But it's so scary. I don't, like, it's horrifying. Um, yeah. And where do they keep that ladder when it's not being used? It's giant. Um, they. She tells the friend that um, she asked Tommy to take Carrie to the prom because she felt she owed it to Carrie. Um, Chris tells Norma at the, while they're both standing there watching the two people on the scary ladder that she has something planned for prom and that Norma will be in on it. On prom night, <clears throat> as Carrie gets ready, Margaret calls her out for her being able to see her dirty pillows, her boobs. This her uh, that is dress. like the number one thing I remember about this movie from when I was dirty a kid. Pillows, mm-hmm. um, and begs her not to take off the dress, and that the two of them will burn it together and pray. And then Margaret starts beating herself, um, she's like hitting herself in the head, scratching herself, and says that everyone will laugh at Carrie. Um, but Carrie pushes her down with her powers and leaves. Um, at the prom, Carrie and Tommy are having a good time. One of Tommy's friend's girlfriends is being pretty nice to Carrie. Um, Mrs. Collins stops to chat, and the two reminisce about, um, Mrs. Collins' own prom night and how she was nervous, um, and couldn't dance, and then Carrie remarks that she'll never forget this night, and they hug. Tommy offers to take her out after the prom, and then convinces her to dance, as they're dancing, he goes to kiss her, but she pulls away and then relents and they kiss. It's also strange because, like, 
Sue isn't Sue his girlfriend? Yeah. yeah, Tommy and Sue are dating, and he's there at the prom with Carrie because of Sue, and then he kisses her. Like that just seems it seems weird. I know they you gotta gone talk as to friends. Sue first. Yeah, right. Is is like, are you broken up? Do you like Carrie now? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, hard to say. As they dance, she asks him again why he asked her, and he says it's because of the the poem class scene again. Um, and he tells her that he's having a good time. Sue uh, rushes rushes towards the gym um, in, like, plain clothes because she can't be there, of course. She's gotten up from dinner. Um, and the, they're clearing the stage to announce king and queen. Carrie sees her name and Tommy's name on the voting sheet, and Tommy convinces her to vote for themselves. Uh, Chris and John Travolta are hiding under the stage while in the, while Freddie and Norma commit voter fraud and ring it so that rig it so that Tommy and Carrie will win. Uh, Sue sneaks up behind the stage and we pan up to see the hanging bucket of blood. Uh, Tommy and Carrie are announced winners and after receiving a bouquet and crown and crown, Carrie stands on the stage smiling. From behind the stage, uh, Sue notices the rope attached to the bucket and stands back to see what it is. Miss Collins notices her. Just as it dawns on Sue what's really happening, um, she sees Chris underneath the stage holding the rope. Miss Collins pulls her back before she can stop them and throws her out. Chris pulls the bucket down, covering Carrie in the pig's blood. It goes silent, um, and everyone stops clapping. The bucket falls on Tommy, knocking him out. Kind of funny. Car- it's <laughs> like it's no. just a bucket. I don't calm yeah. down. It uh, weighs like five ounces. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, it's, but it's not heavy, and it's not that far of a fall. Um, Carrie sees a kaleidoscope of people laughing, even though some of the people that she sees aren't laughing. And then she hears her mother's voice. They're all going to laugh at you. Um, she locks all the doors and windows, and the screen turns red. She sets off the fire hose, um, which starts attacking people. And as they try to escape, it's kind of funny. Like, the snake like, hose, like, shh. And then you get a shot of Norma just being, like, sprayed. And she's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I can't go on. I'm like, it's water. I knew it's it's strong, but stand up. (laughs) Or just like cower and then get up. Yeah. Um, In split screen, we see either like Carrie and her actions or the hose and her actions or the fire and people screaming. Um, She kills the shithead teacher, English teacher, and the principal both by... Fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck them. They deserved it. By electrocution. And then she pins Mrs... Collins up against a wall and brings part of the rafters down on her. Uh, Chris yeah, and John Travolta. she kind of splits her in half there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris and John on and John Travolta are outside the windows watching in horror. A fire spreads quickly and everyone but tra- Carrie is trapped inside. Chris driving JT's car tried to run her over, but she flips them and the car sets on fire. At home, there are candles lit everywhere, but Margaret is nowhere to be found. After a soothing bath, Carrie cries on her mother's shoulder. Margaret tells her that she and her father were at first fine and living a sinless life, but one night after he was drinking whiskey, they had sex and conceived her, and that she'd wish, she wished she had killed herself um, so that she, Carrie could have gone to God right away. Yeah. Yeah. What a bummer. Um Real bummer, yeah. Um, as they hug on the floor, Margaret says that 
uh, they should pray together for the last time and then uh, grabs the knife from between the floorboards and stabs Carrie in the back. Carrie falls down the stairs and Margaret follows with the knife smiling. It's this is the scariest scene like of Margaret, Margaret smiling is with terrifying. the knife. Piper also, Laurie's I love that delivery. Piper Laurie, she like didn't understand this movie and she was like, this is too over the top. It must be a comedy. And she still refers to this movie as a black comedy, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> She's like, whatever. I'm going to do what I want um, and make the most terrifying character uh, in this whole movie. Carrie tries to escape, um, but can't get out the door. And then as Margaret raises the knife, again, Carrie telekinetically stabs her with multiple knives, two of them pinning her to the wall in a crucifix Just like St. Sebastian, you guys. Yeah. Arrows or knives. Um, Arrows and knives. uh, Although Adam and I were dying laughing because one of them is a vegetable peeler and then one of them is like a cake cutter but it's got like a rounded end so it's kind of like you have spread icing with or whatever and it's just like (laughs) (laughs) I I wasn't paying that close attention to what was I know I know my kitchen gadgets uh Margaret the one that actually goes through her heart is like fully just like a carrot peeler it was pretty funny (laughs) they they're dangerous uh I don't want to get peeled Margaret moans sexually. It's this most sexual moaning I've ever heard um, for the longest time. And then she dies. Uh, Carrie screams and hugs her and tries pulling her off the wall. The house starts caving in. Carrie runs to the closet with her mother's body. Um, The house goes up in flames and collapses and the two are trapped. Um, And then there's a close up on scary St. Sebastian um, as they die. Um, at the Snell residence, Sue is in bed and Mrs. S answers the phone telling a friend that everyone is on edge. Sue is doing better, just sleeping a lot. She didn't let her t- attend anyone's funeral in hopes that she'll forget everything in time. That's not healthy. Um, in a dream sequence, Sue goes to the remains of the White House. There's a for sale sign in a crucifix shape um, that has been graffitied with Carrie White burns in hell and an arrow pointing down. She lays flowers um, at the foot of it as a bloody hand reaches up and grabs her. Sue wakes up screaming while her mother holds her. Actually, Sissy SpaceX hand. Is it really actually her hand? Yeah, apparently she insisted on doing it herself. So they had to like bury her in a box under that gravel. And then wow. just like her hand was loose. I was like, Sissy Spacek is fucking tapped. Did you read about how she showed up to our audition? No. Okay. Uh, it's like scary. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Covered in blood or what? No. So she was um, like not being seriously considered for the part, but her husband, Jack Fisk, was working on the movie uh, and called in a favor to De Palma essentially so that Sissy could have a screen test she showed up with vaseline in her hair uh didn't wash her face and wore a sailor dress that her mother sewed for her in the seventh grade with the hem cut off and she got the part i was like something is wrong with brian de palma that yeah interesting yeah huh i didn't i went down a weird hole um in my research so i didn't i don't have my normal movie facts this time so oh i just uh i have the trivia from imdb pulled up right here sister look at that and there there is a lot of trash (laughs) to know (laughs) it's a lot of nothing 
because this movie's been around for so long, like it's such it's like from the nine the seventies. Um, there's like a lot of articles, but not necessarily like a lot of like ones with an interesting take. You know? What Can I mean? you guess uh, which dirtbag says this is one of his favorite movies ever? Is it uh, um, Roger Ebert? Who is it? Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Why fucking do I always asshole. have to talk about this fucking guy? Uh, uh, what do you want to start gross. with? I don't know. What's I don't know anything about religion or anything at all, really. But I especially, like, don't clearly don't understand any of the the Catholic or Christian overtones in this movie. Well, part of I know the they're things... there, but... Yeah, you're like, stuff is happening. This is, yeah, there's a religious icon. So it's obviously like a hyper-stylized virgin. Vir- virgin. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> uh, version of a religious fanatic played by Piper Laurie, who's like obviously a great character actress and didn't right. take it very seriously. But also none of the Bible verses that she's reading are real. They're just like made up bullshit about how like women can't have sex i meant uh, i meant to write it down but the book that she's holding and reading from when she's like eve was evil uh it's not the bible it's like called like the sins of women or something like that um but yeah, yeah and then at like, one point uh she quotes from genesis 3 about like the impure purity of eve or something that's like not what that is but um Obviously, this is like a depiction of what a man thinks of like a religious fanatical woman who's obviously completely focused on purity and um, retaining like the virginity of daughters and women and girls generally in uh, the repressed patriarchal system. But yeah, I mean, what is there to say about Margaret White? I don't even know where to start. Right. It's She's like our ultimate bad right because carrie is like our complicated anti-hero um who eventually they turn into a monster but before that they make the monster feminine of course yes um but yeah margaret white is just like a a one-dimensional religious fanatic who um, i mean i'm sure her child did experience upbringings like this but uh in my experience religious trauma is more of the like ilk where it gets worms in your brain and then like you have worm brain and then you have to deprogram yourself and less like overt physical abuse. abuse yeah of course and like equating the two is pretty problematic it's pretty well. damaging yeah, yeah like uh, Margaret White is obviously an abuser, but she's not abuser because she's a religious fanatic. Like, right. <laughs> there's there's a lot of complexity that is, like, not being underwritten here that probably should be. Because, like, many people are victims of abuse and brainwashing at the hands of Christianity, and it doesn't always look like this, you know? Uh, it's also, like, a very easy, like, fallback of, like... She's a kook. She's a freak. Whatever. It's I also like I don't appreciate her being a single mom. Like, why do we always have to villainize single mothers? Like Honestly. Uh, let and she's the woman kind of live. like she's delusional because she's saying like, Oh, your father is like taken by sin or whatever, and Carrie's like, he left you for another woman. So she's building up these like walls and these insanely unrealistic coping mechanisms around her and i think that like 
her villainy just kind of needs to be like parsed away from her circumstances and her mental right. health. And it's kind of like there's no space to do that because Piper, like Piper Laurie said, like it's an insane character. It's extremely right. one note. And like she's not even a villain because she's so unserious and like ridiculous. Right. And yeah, she has she has this like little domain over Carrie, but other than that, she's like not taken seriously. Everyone's making fun of her, like just like they are with Carrie, and like she's oppressed, and so she has to put this oppression on to her daughter. But I don't know; it just didn't feel very. It didn't feel good. Didn't feel right. Felt like an underutilized pipe dog, you know. Not Piper Laurie's fault, though. God bless right. her. Um, she made the character watchable, so. She, queen, queen of dreamy, soft 80s blush. God love her. (laughs) The inventor of blush. The inventor of blush, Piper Laurie. Um, Uh, I guess we should start talking about the male gaze. Are you excited? I'm not. (laughs) God, like, it doesn't even, they don't even, just right off the bat, it's like we get everyone. We just get like teenage girl boobs, like boobs, out the gate. Bush, and uh, I read an interesting article that I shall credit now. Uh, it's called "Bodies Cinematic, Bodies Politic: The Male Gaze and the Female Gothic in De Palma's Carrie," uh, and the author is Abigail Lynn Quakendall. <laughs> I hope I said that. That right. sounds Sorry. right. <laughs> it's the first time I said it out loud, and it just said sounded like. Sounds extremely silly. So uh, her argument or Abigail's argument is that De Palma's early works, Carrie included, all uh, utilize this camera angle where the home of the camera, the gaze of the camera is rooted in masculine and heterosexual desire. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's clear to see. And Carrie, it's pushed like a little bit past that because women are not only the recipients, but also the creators of the aggression that comes from the gaze. But um, also, like there's a really liminal quality to the women, like they aren't allowed to be complete characters, like, and essentially, instead of like, pushing back against the male gaze and, like, breaking free of its constraints, De Palma attempts to switch it to a sort of maternal gaze by making uh, Margaret White, like, the villain and the person that is, like, objectifying Carrie and saying, like, she's simply a sexual object and has to, like, pray away her vagina uh, instead of actually, like, interrogating why he, like, feels the need to operate from this position of, like, heterosexual male desire. Uh, And I thought that was pretty interesting because it's true that, like, Carrie does have more, like, expanded perspective. Obviously, you feel that it's shot from the angle of the male gaze in many situations, like the shower scenes. But sometimes you are, like really in the moment of experiencing Carrie's, like, joy, elation, frustration. But instead of, like, letting her be free of repression, we just keep her within repression and within repressed circumstances by shifting the paternal gaze onto a maternal gaze in Margaret. And I thought that was a pretty interesting take. And Margaret isn't, like, a complicated female character. She's just, like, a like – a- as yeah, if you exactly. took a male fanatic and like just gave her a vagina, gave him a vagina. It's not like anything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing deeper than that. And and also the like our redeeming female maternal figure in Miss Collins is also like 
subjecting girls to like these sexual acts and like we are seeing like her take revenge on teenage girls and slapping them and like and Miss executing violence against them like she's absolutely queer coded uh betty buckley has even said she played the character as a lesbian quote unquote uh, so there's like, again, this these liminal spaces where women fit, where uh, Margaret White is crazy. Miss Collins is like maternal to a point, but can't be a complete woman because of her queerness. And then Carrie, we're take we're not supposed to take her perspective during her rampage. We're supposed to fear Carrie and be like disgusted by her instead of identifying with her. So these moments where we're like pushing towards complexity in our female characters just get like pulled back and remired in this like heterosexual masculine gaze because this this movie and the story are rooted in the male gaze like Stephen King Brian De Palma are the like they're the spearheaders they Brian De Palma is disgusting so (laughs) (laughs) disgusting tell me apparently in the scene where miss collins is like admonishing the other girls when carrie's excused from gym and telling them that they like did a really shitty thing or whatever uh de palma wanted sue snell played by amy irving reaction to be like really really authentic so apparently he was off screen whispering like horrible evil mean things to her in her ear about like her personality and her physical appearance i was like stop it kubrick oh my god why why you why? don't need to do that they're actors why you don't like need they to are professionals them. yeah like you the abuse is completely inappropriate and unnecessary i don't think amy irving is a great actor but i think the performance that she gives is sufficient like sue is <laughs> to do what we need it to do She's barely a character also. That, like, it's maybe not Amy Irving's fault. I pull back. Like, Sue... So, um, what I was reading about, sort of about us sympathizing with uh, Carrie's character in Kim Newman's Nightmare movies, um, she points out that De Palma and most likely King as well, even though I don't have never read it and will never, uh, forget entirely that we've been sympathizing with Carrie for the entire movie. Um, just for her us to have to give over this power just for her to give over to this power and kill everyone with impunity like she doesn't care who she's killing people who are good to her people who are bad which to is her. like not in carrie's character as a person right, at all at all and that like and so like her that's again t- her self-actualization and her quote womanhood is tied to the mon the monstrous and like the fact that they're I don't know, that they're equating telekinesis and power with, like, with just getting your period. I don't know. That doesn't make you a woman. Menstruating what? doesn't make you a woman. Can we get over that, please? I don't know. Yeah. It's and the culmination. Like this, like, it's always this, like, liminal space that is, like, the crux of a woman coming into her own is either, like, a force for good or a force for evil. And it's just such a tired and also very useless trope. And not only female identifying people menstruate so shut up and not brad. identifying people menstruate is it it's brad just i got it wrong on brian brad <laughs> um and yeah the her ultimate power turning to ultimate evil is misogynistic that's it's bad i uh, have a, a nice quote from a nice quote 
from a critic named Shelley Stamp Lindsay that I think sums it up really well. Uh, she says, Carrie is not about liberation from sexual repression, but about the failure of sexual and patriarchal repression to contain the monstrous feminine. So we think that we're leading to this space where Carrie is liberated from the oppression uh, and the like systemic patriarchy in her life, but instead... She uh, becomes this, like, monster that kills with impunity, like you said. And we see that the movie is telling us, like, freedom from repression, liberation is not the end goal. And it's not the ideal because then you become evil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, Carrie gets to the point where she is a spectacle. And instead of becoming a liberated complete person she becomes this sort of cautionary tale particularly in the final scene because she Mm -hmm. moves from being a person with identity personhood like nuance into being this sort of like small piece of sue snell's subconscious so she threatens and represses sue and other women from within instead of being you know a threat to the patriarchy and it's just not a good job Men. It's not a good look, for sure. Yeah, she, Newman says that she, that the movie turns Carrie into the horrifying, male- malevolent monster that she is not, like, that she hasn't been for the entire movie. So, like, the last 30 seconds. I also, I still identify with Carrie, and I still, like, This is kind of like a crazy take, but I sort of equate Carrie's rampage at the end to like how we'll have to overturn systemic oppression if we want to live in a better socialist future. You know what I mean? Like murder. Not murder. (laughs) It's a metaphor. It's a a metaphor. metaphor. So like Tommy and Miss Collins, even though they were generous with Carrie and they were... um, you know, technically kind to her, are still part of, part of and complicit in a machine and a system that oppresses Carrie. Miss Collins is still powerless and unwilling to stand up to the uh, principal. She's still complicit and she's still, you know, very much at fault in the system that has repressed Carrie. And she's helped her to the point that she's comfortable with, but not pushing to a point you know, where she threatens her own security or position. And I think the same of Tommy. Like, I think he is expressing compassion and care when it's, like, a safe space for him to do so, and it's condoned, but he's not really willing to, like, upset the apple cart, so to speak. So Carrie, in, like, raising the entire system, I think is actually a great model for for how we have to like sort of... That's your take on it. That's my take. It's like not a great model, but I just made me think of like she isn't killing with impunity for me. She's like she's sort of like Everything is wrong, so I'm going to burn it Everything down. is wrong, and, like, the system is irredeemable, so you have to begin again. So that's just, like, it's kind of a stretch. And uh, <laughs> the spooky succubus cast in no way condones the mass murder of high school students in a gym. Uh, but it's a or metaphor. Anyone. You know what I mean? No, we don't mass murder we here, We did okay? sort of talk about it in the beginning, but we were, it was a metaphor. We were metaphor. Uh, do you want to hear what Stephen King has to say about his own work? I live in I don't theater, know. I don't but think go you ahead. Were. Um, cause he thinks he's making a feminist movie. Uh, I was fully aware 
of what women's liberation implied for me and others of my sex. The book is, in its more adult implications, an uneasy masculine shrinking from a future of female equality. Isn't that Ew, upsetting? Stephen King. That's upsetting. Who asked like female you? liberation is not castration. Um, it's ridiculous. Like can't uh, we and just emasculated get paid man. the same as you for <laughs> fuck's sake, dude. Can't we just not get like raped on our walks home? Like is can that okay? Can we just and not murder? have to carry fucking knives, dude? I like What is wrong with men? Jesus. What is wrong Christ. with men? Like it it's just like how do we give all these mediocre motherfucking white dudes such a massive platform that they can just say shit like this and people are like, oh, yeah, that was like a fine thing to say. Um, this is why I'm not going to read a Stephen, another Stephen King book. Um, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Might, I might unadd it on Goodreads now. Get it that's out an, of your that's Goodreads. That's extreme. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just like equating the emasculated male to the empowered female is problematic. It's you're so still tired. putting the male yeah, in an ultimate position thing. of power. It's, it's, I, I just I don't understand. Like, and I the don't fact know, that I he guess. thinks it's a feminist book or story or film um, hurts me. It hurts. Carrie is uh, an anti-feminist work in support of continued patriarchal repression against women uh, and I would argue against black and brown people against mm. anyone that is not a like cis hat white man in America. Obviously this movie just displays that the status quo is threatened by anything other, including Margaret White, which is kind of like unusual because Christianity like often falls within the status quo. But right. it just seems like the aim was to other to the extreme that it's dangerous. Anything that just doesn't like Support exactly patriarchal values, yeah. Right. Huh. It's. I mean, like, yeah, it's a good movie, but yeah, um, it's really dreamy. It hurts me. It's very dreamy. Um, I remember being so scared of Carrie's house when I was young, and I saw this movie because what? What is upstairs? I don't get it. It's so dark in there. Yeah, like it it's seems so dark. Uh, big on the bottom, but Carrie has to sleep up in the attic. Why? There are religious figures taking up the other bedroom. On the it's a little pear-shaped, yeah. Um, Bar- oh, Brian and De Palma had never revolutionary that- ideas. What? So never forget that Carrie was supposed to be fat, but they didn't make her fat in the movie. It's not realistic that Tommy would take a fat girl to the prom. Never. I don't, yeah, and... Carrie is still like a little well because Carrie is still like skinny and white and blonde yeah and then essentially they like switched it so the narrative is she would be pretty if she just like took a little better care of herself as if a fat woman can't ever be like considered attractive right no um actually I don't even think they said fat I think the article I read said chunky which is insulting to Chunky. all of us. Are you a salsa? Like, what, are you, what is that? I am not um, salsa. Okay? I'm not peanut butter. I, like, I... The term fat is so, like, it's just such a weird word to say. Because I, like, even though I don't think of that being fat or having fat is a bad thing, I would never want someone else to think that I'm trying to offend them. Like, if I just throw around the word fat and then using all these other terms like thick or 
chubby just seem like I don't I don't like it. I don't know. Like being called thick is not like I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I just ask people if they identify as fat because some people that would societally be deemed fat don't identify that way. And that's fucking fine. That's their right to like use the word or not use the word. But what I am really tired of is when I refer to myself as fat and people say, you're not, you're not fat. (laughs) And I have to like explain why it's not a bad word and that like bodies are neutral and just exist because I don't want to explain it anymore so read a book dumb fucks or Uh, dumb shits as Chris would say dumb shits um one of my friends who identifies as a fat woman we were is it me no it's a different friend of mine um I we're there was like several of us talking and and she was like, oh, yeah, like, as a fat person. Or she was saying something, like, to the point of, like, I'm fat. And then someone else was like, you're beautiful. And she's like, I never said I wasn't beautiful. I'm fat. I said I'm fat. It's yeah. not <laughs> And they were like, and she's like, I am beautiful. Yeah, you're right. I'm also fat. And I was like, yeah, you go. I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants me to say her name. But It just sucks um, to have to do that, like, all the time. Once a day. Yeah. Right. I just um, want to be left alone and with my Would fatness. you rather people come up to you and be like, are you fat? Because I hate when people are like, who, what are you? I'm like, I don't know. What are you? I'm a, I'm like a, I'm tethered to this mortal coil, just like the rest yeah. of us. What do you want from me? I didn't ask to be born. Now I'm afraid to die. And that's the shit I live in, as Jen Kirkman said. Who, are you okay, Jen Kirkman? Your podcast <laughs> is wild. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah, and I didn't ask to be here. I'm just here. And now I'm making the best of it in the meat suit that I live in. So everyone in, just shut up. In the abject, you know what I mean? We are just like blood, buckets of blood. You know what I mean? Just like That's Carrie. That's part of this We're movie, too. Yeah. The monstrous feminine pushes us into the abject, man. Um, Life is a waking nightmare. I'm and tired. Go, Carrie. <laughs> Good for her. Fucking sucks um, that she died with her mom next to that creepy St. Sebastian statue. I was like, go run. Live your out. life. You can go Cut anywhere. Your hair. You have brain power. No one will know. Yeah, do are. a Mia, Far- Mia Farrow on that hair. Start a new life. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to say about Brian De Palma? That motherfucker. Oh, I was just going to say he had like... um anti-capitalist left ideas um, and then abandoned them completely. Because he realized he could make money white guy style. Also, Scarface is brown face, so um, don't. He's pretty racist, correct? Well, so he made uh, You were telling me. Yeah, which is like Margot Kidder's in it, and I love her. Um, But Friend of the pod. He, yeah, he, like, talk the way he talks about the story and, like, the black character that is killed just seems like, it just seems bad, and I don't like, it seemed racist, and I don't like it. Um, especially because, like, a bunch of white people kill a black person and hide him in the couch. So, there's that. I don't know. Brian De Palma also married the lady that played Chris. Really? Yeah. Everybody was married to everybody, dude. Wow. They were just making, like, an underground flick. Um, but De Palma made Get to Know Your Rabbit, like, before right. his, like, real fame hit. And that was, like, an anti-capitalist movie where, like, a corporate 
man leaves his job to join like to start clowning i think and then uh his boss tries to convince him to come back and then they like start uh, a business where like corporate the corporate elite can come clown to cool off and then it gets really successful and then it's like a mm-hmm. it's a cyclical story but um whatever i don't know then he gave it up and he made scarface so what are you gonna do I didn't even know he made Scarface, but yeah. I've never seen it. You've never seen Scarface? Uh, no, man. Come on. Stop being surprised when I haven't seen movies. You make me feel bad. I know. I'm sorry. I don't watch it. I, you don't need to see it. Um, but it's Well, one of the- I'm just finding out now that Al Pacino is playing someone Cuban and not someone Italian, which is indeed brownface. Yeah, so. that's brownface. Al Pacino didn't is Didn't know not brown. about that. Yeah. Um, Caesar love Scarface a lot of men a lot of men of color love Scarface um mm-hmm. like hey guys that's brown face just so you know uh but yeah. we're still doing that to that to this day you know what I mean Javier Bardem is Spanish and not Latinx so what? let's How get that in everyone's fucking head to find a Latinx actor like, not hard Jesus. not hard um Jesus take the whale I can't whale. point out whale take the whales take the whales <laughs> take them up to heaven uh, Michael Pena is also a Scientologist, so. Why is everyone so into Scientology? It must be good if you already have a lot of money. I guess that's my only Or if you're trying to be an actor in Hollywood, you know? I don't know. Good point. They're all in there. The only Scientologist I'll ever love is Beck. <laughs> Why? I love Beck. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, I disagree, but it's okay. We're allowed to disagree. Also, I see you on the Instagram talking up Matthew Lillard in people's comments. Just I was going to screenshot pull that. back. <laughs> and uh, put it out there. You know, people agree with me. I can't wait to do Scream. We're It's going to be our in-person it's episode. Coming. It's going to be our in-person recording, which is coming up, actually. Yeah. But until then, next week, you'll find us doing a movie. Uh, and then a girl walks home that. alone at night. That's it. That's yeah. it. And then Orphan after that, which I love Orphan. What even is that movie? Plus, it's a really been... weird movie. Peter Skarsgård. Why are there so many Skarsgårds running around? Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. What were you going to say? Well, last summer, the summer before, do you remember there was that news story that hit of like a real life orphan situation that happened? Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it was, though. I was like, ah! (laughs) But if you want to find us, you can find us at Spooky Succubus underscore cast uh, on Instagram. And please follow us. We're getting close to 800 people. Oh, my God. Who's following us? How'd you all get here? Uh, and yeah, I mean, any last thoughts, feelings about Carrie? Um, fuck the patriarchy. Fuck. Fuck Brian De Palma. I think this will be our first and last Brian De Palma flick. Uh, yeah. Fuck religious, um, zealotry of any kind. Fuck Zionists. Um, fuck capitalism. Fuck job searching. You guys, I'm so tired. Make it stop. Just like it doesn't have to be like this. We could all be on vacation, you know. Should I, mean? I just quit? I can't really quit, but I want to so bad. I don't think it's too late for you to be a bartender, but that's just me. Really? I think I could do it. Will you give me lessons? Yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to do a lot of things at one time, but you know how to do that. 
at least the time passes when you're doing shit like that. Um, but I mean, also fuck bartending. I don't like love having a job. I hate having a job. Why can't we all just stay home? There's enough resources uh, for garden, us to do that. You know what I mean? I'll make yeah. my own food, but you that need a great. place to do it for first. Commune. If you're in for a commune with us, only half joking, just hit us up on Instagram. Right. Uh, and also, if you could rate and review the podcast, that would be super nice because Thank you. we need it. We need love. If you're We're still only here, human. Wow. You're doing the Lord's work. Um, we love thank you. thank you for listening. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you next week for A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which I definitely knew we were covering and didn't forget oh, about. You knew it. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.